0: Coming to you live from Salem, Massachusetts, it's the Hand Plus Prod- Br- podcast brought to you by Movie Changeup. where each week I, Joe Fricke, and my co-host Tristan Mayer break down this week in uh, streaming. We talk about all your favorite podcasts from Hulu, Amazon Prime, Netflix, Disney+, HBO Max, Paramount+, Peacock, Apple TV, Fitz Streaming service, and we're even going to be breaking down Shutter this month, it's, it's October, it's spooky season, so there's something on the shutter uh we're gonna i think we're gonna be breaking i think we'll each watch a shutter movie each week and i'll be breaking that down as well so if there's a show or movie that's popping off on streaming that people are talking about we're gonna watch it and we're gonna tell you whether you can watch it or skip it and maybe we'll uh find some things you should be watching that no one's talking about maybe raise awareness to some smaller things and kind of go in depth have some in-depth discussion on some uh bigger projects like house of the dragon or andor uh and stuff like that and now uh, when ted lasso comes out i will actually get around to watching the first two seasons so i can be prepared for season three it's, it's a show i desperately want to watch i just have not gotten around to it because life does get in the way and uh with that tristan uh how was streaming for you this week you uh you get you, there was a it seemed like a, a lot to watch this week
1: yeah there was a lot to watch this week and i mentioned last week that i love Halloween and horror month, so I definitely tried to make a point to watch a bunch of horror movies this week, and I tried to get at least one on every platform we're going to talk about so I can recommend a horror movie I watched this week or one that I love a lot on each of these platforms, so yeah, I'm in full horror stream, streaming mode this week. I know we have Andor, but to be honest, Andor came went through my brain so quick <laughs> that like I just went right into mm-hmm. horror mode, so I I'm, I'm, can't wait to talk about all this all this horror goodness and get to our top ten list because have, we have a lot to look forward to this month, too. That's a, our big, big highlight for this episode is going to be our top 10 list, I think, because mm-hmm. there's a lot to be excited for, especially in our horror month.
0: Yeah, it's hard because we record this show on Monday night, so and, and Andor premieres kind of Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, so it's hard for us to still be in that Andor state of mind when we do this show, but you know, it puts us in a House of the Dragon state of mind. But with that, Tristan, let's kick it off with Hulu. I know I wrote Hellraiser on the docket, there was a little miscommunication, and we thought Hellraiser would be out. By the time we did this podcast, unfortunately, isn't, but we will be talking about it later, uh, potentially as part of our top ten upcoming in October. We'll break it down into what Tristan and I's top ten uh, upcoming projects are that are going to be releasing in October. But with that, I will move on to Celebrity Jeopardy. Uh, I haven't. I think we've had two episodes out now. It's hosted by Mayim Bialik, who kind of stepped in and helped Gastrol as they helped figure out who their actual host was going to be. I think they have Ken Jennings hosting the main stuff, and then they have Mayim um, Bialik hosting kind of the celebrity tournaments and other various tournaments and other kind of different episodes other than the main set of episodes. But in the first episode that I watched, we had uh, Simu Liu, uh, who people will know from uh, uh, the, 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 the... Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings and uh we had andy richter who people know as a lot as kind of conan o'brien's wingman for his show and uh ego who was a staple in snl for the last few years big prominent member i remember her a lot from the uh black jeopardy snl skits so to see her on actual celebrity jeopardy was kind of fun uh the as tristan's phone goes off uh the, they changed up the format a little bit and also if you like seeing celebrities and uh especially seeing them compete in trivia the questions are definitely easier than regular jeopardy episodes so you don't maybe feel as dumb watching these as you do regular jeopardy episodes but it was a fun episode they changed up the format like i said instead of doing single jeopardy and double jeopardy and then going into final jeopardy it's an hour-long format so they do single du- jeopardy double jeopardy triple jeopardy and then they go into final jeopardy so there's a whole extra category of, or a whole extra round of questions so i thought it was kind of fun definitely worth checking out i'm 100 percent going to be keeping up with the tournament i'm probably not going to do like a season-long break breakdown on here just letting people know that it's something they can watch on hulu if you have hulu and it's also airs weekly on abc as well but just uh...
1: Yeah, uh, I didn't watch much on Hulu this week. I was hoping the Hellraiser would be out in time because I'm really looking forward to that we talk about later, but I also watched a couple of horror movies here on uh, Hulu this week. I rewatched watched 2022's uh, Fresh. That uh, If you haven't seen Fresh, it stars Sebastian Stan of Marvel fame and uh, Daisy Edgar Jones, who I believe was actually in the running for Rogue One, for the lead of Rogue One, so we have a weird crossover of Star Wars and... Disney properties here, but uh, yeah, this is about a young woman who is struggling to find a date and struggling to find someone in this kind of digital dating world where it's all about online and all about kind of different ways of interacting that he's not used to and she happens to meet Sebastian Stan and it's in person, it feels so different, it feels so much better and more positive than other relationships, but of course it's a horror movie so it doesn't quite go as positive as you might think, it's called Fresh, you can slightly guess about where this might go uh plot wise but it's one of those that plays one way for about 20-30 minutes and then pulls the rug out from underneath here and uh kind of reveals its full nature as it goes along of course the title unfortunately i feel like it's a bit away about the actual like rug pulling <laughs> but a pretty good streaming platform movie and it's let's it come out this year so if you want to fill up your 2022 list and add some horror to it it's a very fresh very new feeling movie it's very modern and from a female director female lead so it's kind of cool to see it and especially in the horror genre where women aren't necessarily always like the the voice that's being uh presented like it's always a male kind of view so it's cool to see that in the horror
0: genre all right anything else you watch on hulu or just uh re fresh
1: i just rewatched fresh that was my highlight for the for the uh month on the week on hulu
0: all right all right and uh to move on to amazon prime Uh, I started to watch a movie, so this is kind of part of my Shudder recommendation. This movie's called Possum. Uh, it's, it stars Sean Harris, who people may know, if you're a fan of the Mission Impossible movies, he's kind of been the main villain in the last few, especially in the Rogue Nation, uh, Mission Impossible Fallout era of Mission Impossible movies. He was kind of the main villain there. And it stars him, and he's this weird, loner, puppeteer guy and i'm gonna be honest the movie it seemed well made uh it's just not my style at all it seemed very much david lynch type movie i even showed mentioned it to tristan he had never heard of it but he said even looking at the poster feels like a david lynch style poster so i would say if you're a fan of david lynch movies and you want more david lynch style movies in your life definitely uh get shutter if you especially if you have shutter for the month of halloween or just in general uh, check out possum on uh shutter it's a very very david lynch style movie if you love <laughs> david lynch check it out if you are not a david lynch fan i'm gonna be honest you're probably gonna be in the same boat as i am where you're like "It's just well made it's just not my thing it's not for me i'd rather watch other things
1: yeah one of those movies where every time ta- everything joe said he didn't like about it i was like yes that sounds great to me i'm uh i'm hearing that so i'll add to the watch list joe
0: all right all right and i know you watched uh, another movie on amazon
1: yeah, I was definitely busy on... When you include Shudder in this, it's like a lot of my week is in this category here. Hmm. You know, I watched American Werewolf in London was my first watch. That's on Amazon Prime. Uh, if you haven't seen it, I definitely recommend watching it with the with the caveat in mind that this is definitely in the cheesier side of horror movies. The director is uh, John Landis, who you might know from, like, the Blues Brothers and Animal House and uh second of the Twilight Zone movie, Beverly Hills Cop. He was involved in a lot of, like, more comedic side of movies, but you have Frank Oz from Star Wars. You have like a kind of more, more comedic take on the werewolf story where these American tourists head out to London and on their travels throughout London, they're attacked by a werewolf and all the locals around London are saying essentially, what werewolf? There's no werewolf. There's nothing in the woods and they're kind of like tricking these guys into feeling like they're crazy, feeling like maybe there's not a werewolf at all and if you are a fan of like classic universal horror movies, this kind of feels like an inspiration like not inspiration since it feels inspired by them you know it has the practical effects it has the campy kind of tone of it too and especially wolfman with the kind of fur coming off of the practical fur coming off of the body this feels like something that a lot of people are going to have a good time with if you can get through that camp and have a good time with the sheasiness and the effects and the goofiness and really really cool transformation scenes you know that's what i like about this movie too the transformation from Man Into Wolf is what you kind of want to get out of a good werewolf movie, right? And this has one of the better ones. So if you want to have a really good time, something that has cool effects and a lot of fun, not necessarily going to keep you awake at night, but it could be a really fun horror movie to watch with kind of like your friends or your different others, something to have a good time with. And maybe an inspiration to Werewolf By Night, which we'll be talking about uh, sometime this month. It feels like one of the more popular werewolf movies. So I feel like if we're going to do a throwback werewolf special, yeah, you're probably looking at this one, for Inspiration, so I recommend it a lot, it's on Prime, and it also I believe is, you know it's not on Shudder, it's only on Prime, so you gotta have your Amazon Prime set up, so go ahead and um, check that out. It's on Amazon Prime and also AMC 2 so either one.
0: Alright, and uh, I believe you watched another movie on Amazon Prime, Ringu, I believe, which was Yeah, that, the... that was on
1: Shudder. Um, ah, okay, that was your original... Shudder pick? Yep, the original Inspiration for The Ring. Uh, this was the Japanese version of the original movie. I always heard, oh, I'm sure you love the early 2000s movie, Tristan, but you gotta check out the original. It's the classic, you know, it it really set up everything for this kind of cursed genre that you like so much. And I checked it out, and I really, this is my first time watching it, so I was hesitant to, you know, it's it's in a different language. It can sometimes be a barrier with horror specifically. where you are trying to be, like, engaged with the tension, but you're also trying to stop and read subtitles. But I found myself really really engage with this. And even though I knew the plot beats, and it's essentially the same exact narrative beat of the original movie, they change up some some uh, things between this and the American remake, but if you know the American remake, you know the plot here, but I think it's really, really effective. And if you don't know the plot of The Ring somehow, it's about uh, this cursed videotape where, uh, if you watch it, it's just very surreal. As you mentioned David Lynch, it feels like almost David Lynch-esque like, student film or something, where there's these very strange, surreal visuals of a well and cutting themselves and like really really dark visuals and like the premise is that people who watch this tape and receive a phone call they're gonna be killed in seven days so they have seven days mm-hmm. to try and outmaneuver this curse and they never really do and now you follow this main character who's trying to figure out the curse and see if she can be the one who out it so a really kind of fun horror thriller and it has that Japanese curse uh, like kind of like the Grudge and things like that where it feels like this unstoppable like ancient power that you just cannot outmaneuver can't really even explain but you just have to like, like follow the rules of this this powerful curse and I thought the performances were really good I was impressed by this a lot and I, I do prefer it to the American remake so okay. I, I recommend it a lot if you're a fan of the original or if you're or if I'm a fan of the remake <laughs> or if you just want to check out uh, the premise for yourself I, I recommend it a lot it's on Shudder I believe that's the only place it's streaming as of right now but yeah. that is where I watched it
0: Yeah, and if you don't know what Shudder is, it's basically a streaming service dedicated purely to horror movies, horror shows, documentaries about horror movies. If you're a fan of the horror movie genre, definitely check out Shudder, especially if you're planning on watching a lot of horror movies for the month of October.
1: And if you don't have Shudder, uh, Ringu is actually streaming for free on Tubi, so if you don't mind sitting through a couple of commercials here and there, you got a free version of the Ring on Tubi.
0: All right, and I believe we're gonna keep sticking with you because we're wrapping up Amazon Prime slash Shutter, okay. moving over to Netflix, and that is uh, the movie Incantation. It's a 2022 Netflix original horror film. Yeah,
1: Incantation was one that had not uh, been on my list at all, but I follow a handful of horror movie YouTubers, and as they were doing their mid mid list around like July, like oh, we're the Lord of the best horror movies so far this year, I was saying Incantation all over that list so I definitely felt like it I saved it for October and it was a perfect chance uh, to check it out this is also a uh, foreign film uh, a Japanese film, it's a found footage uh, film which is kind of interesting that genre is not necessarily like popping off uh, right now (laughs) so I was curious, I I see found footage and I immediately am like oh I'm not that interested but I was hearing great reviews and I enjoyed this, you know it has a lot of the tropes of found footage so I think you have to be kind of into the found footage genre into kind of the cliches of that genre and that era to get more out of this but it has a similar vibe of like a curse that a family's trying to escape and this family comes to believe that they are kept connected to the curse the people around them are kind of telling them they're crazy not really believing it so it was an interesting double feature with the ring so it definitely feels like this was trying to take some notes from the ring take some notes from that era of early 2000s horror movies. So I think if you have some nostalgia for that era, similar to me, where you grew up kind of falling in love with horror during that era, this can give you some good throwbacks, but it's not necessarily gonna win you over. It's not gonna be like, oh, here's, uh, here's the great fun footage movie that's gonna make you all of a sudden change your mind. But if you can get through some found footage and you have some nostalgia for that era, you'll like it. I had a good time with it. It's not gonna make my top 10, top 20 of the year list, but it was a, a solid horror movie a year of really really great horror movies so uh i i recommend it if you're looking to fill up your 2022 list or get some some nostalgia for that great early 2000s horror era that maybe isn't so great as we remember it being
0: yeah all right yeah I'm definitely you know there's a lot to watch this this year especially or a lot this month but if i got time it definitely seems like something i might check out uh incantation on netflix and with that i believe we wrap up netflix Move over to Disney Plus, and you've talked enough for the moment. I'll give you a moment to catch your breath, and yeah, I, give me
1: some breath, Joe.
0: And I will talk about uh, we had the debut of season two of Mighty Ducks Game Changers. If you're a fan of the Mighty Ducks franchise, I definitely think it's worth checking out. I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's the greatest show ever written. I would say if I were to rank like oh like movies or TV shows currently airing on streaming service based on '90s kids movies. Cobra Kai is number one. It's not, and then number two, probably we're gonna have Mighty Ducks Game Changers. I don't know if there's a three. I don't even know if there's an option for a three, but I think it's a quality show. It stars Lauren Graham, who people will know from Gilmore Girls or Bad Santa, and then uh, this season. So the original season or the first season, not the I mean the original first whatever, had uh, uh, Emilio Estevez back as Gordon Bombay. But he didn't really want to comply with Disney's uh, COVID policies. So he's not in season two. Uh, they've kind of written his character out. in insteps, uh, Josh Dumel as a former NHL player who is running this hockey camp, that he accidentally, spoiler alert for episode one, accidentally invites our Mighty Ducks to. So it's kind of this ragtag group of hockey-playing kids going up against the best hockey players in the country in their age group in the country so only the first episode's out right now but it looks to be a solid fun season like i said if you're a big fan of the uh, mighty ducks and now you got kids of your own maybe uh you can sit back and watch this show and they can connect with the kids of the show and have a fun time just watching a good kind of 90s style tv show and you can have a little bit of nostalgia for the mighty ducks so definitely like i said that sounds interesting to you check out season two of might well check out season one of Muddy ducks game changers but if you watch season one you liked it you enjoyed it season two seems to be just on par with season one
1: all right i'm par season one i didn't make it through season one so i feel like this is gonna be a miss for me
0: all right hey it's not for everybody it's not for everybody
1: (laughs) you know the problem is i don't really have much nostalgia for mighty ducks so it probably was not for me no No, it's not cobra kai i'll say that
0: yeah, I mean, that's fair. That's fair. But I know there's something you watched on Disney Plus this week. A movie. Not the Speaking movie that we nostalgia. both watched. Not the movie we both oh. watched. But I believe I got you, too excited there for a second. you watched a movie starring J- Johnny Depp and Winona Ryder. Uh, I did. Edward uh, Scissorhands.
1: When you say you want to do a horror movie on every platform, you got to be a little desperate sometimes, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and you get to the, you get to the, uh, the Disney Plus catalog and their horror uh selection is kind of limited i actually burnt through halloween town early so i was like dang that goes a big one but hey this is one that i had not seen uh and it's one of tim burton's biggest uh known movies and I, i kind of i really like what i've seen from tim burton so i kind of embarrassed that i hadn't seen this yet but uh oh you've never seen it uh no i had not seen oh wow i might have seen it as a kid at some point but i was definitely like feeling fresh as i was watching this you know uh this is very bizarre, and it feels like it embodies a lot of uh, what people will describe Tim Britain's movies for. They're kind of strange and campy, but not not necessarily the dark gothic stuff that you necessarily see him as. It still has that bright, really vivid '90s look to it, even though the character in himself, Edward Scissorhands, is so iconically goth and has the the you know the the fingers and everything like that that are so iconic. But without Edward Scissorhands, really... Hot
0: Topic doesn't exist. You know.
1: I know Edward Scissorhands created the hot topic, but yeah, I was really impressed by this one. It's odd, and it follows Edward, uh, especially kind of a Christmas movie when you think about it, because it's around the Christmas time. So I, I guess I could see this being like a die-hard level Christmas movie, you know?
0: So uh, the greatest Christmas movie yeah. ever made?
1: <laughs> not maybe not to die-hard level, but yeah, this definitely put Tim Burton on the map. I had a really good time with this. Uh, so you can you can see the the inspiration for tim burton's rest of his career and if you haven't seen it I, I do recommend watching it i know i know some people it's like oh johnny depp is like all of a sudden the hot button hot button uh celebrity now but like you know you forget that he was actually in really good movies back in back in the day you know yeah. especially with tim burton he had some great stuff with them
0: yeah it's curious why uh i mean back kind of to netflix but we have the wednesday show coming out i'm surprised that they're not releasing that in october and they're waiting until i believe november 11th is when it comes out so that's kind of odd i mean but maybe it sucks and they just want to dump it at some point
1: yeah it was cool to see this though because this fact yeah tim burton was really at kind of his prime you know because he's certainly lost his touch in in recent years so it was nice to see him when he was at at his peak you know
0: no all right and now i believe that transitions us over to the movie tristan thought i was bringing up and that is Hocus Pocus 2, a movie, I'm not going to lie, I went into with ground floor expectations. I've I've seen the first one a bunch. I'm not exactly nostalgic for it. I'm not someone who's desperate to watch it every Halloween or Halloween time. But I grew up in a time period where every October that movie was on ABC Family, which is now freeform two to three times a day. And so you're bound to hit it once or twice uh, throughout the Halloween season. So I've seen it countless times. It's fine. It's solid. I'm not someone who, you know, stands on the ground, you know, chanting for this movie, cheering for this movie. I'm not. This movie requested soldiers for an army. I'm not going to enlist. But it's solid. It's fine. The first one. So the second one, I'm like going to be whatever about. I don't think the second one is as good as the first one. But especially for being a Disney Plus original movie, I think it's probably the second best disney plus original movie that they've ever done after uh the Chippendale rescue rangers movie tristan what were your thoughts
1: yeah i have more nostalgia for it than you i saw it a lot of times I, yeah like i said i found the, uh, the rotation of free form every year but yeah i used to watch it a lot and i had some nostalgia for especially for those main three characters so that was what i was really looking forward to is seeing those three characters back again and those two performances again and this really, really worked for me. I, I had higher expectations than you, so maybe my, impression, my I was less impressed than you, <laughs> but I still really, really had a good time with this. I thought it actually added to the lore and the history of these characters in an interesting way with, without actually being bogged down in any way by that lore. Like, it, it had enough there to add to the story, but not enough to make you confused or have to like sit there and figure out what's going on. It, it very much got you right, right to the comedy, right to the fish-out-of-water fun of these characters thrown into a world not just uh different from them but a world that is like inspired by them you know (laughs) i thought it was very cool to see like they brought in the reality of like how much of a a fandom this movie inspired and the kind of drag community around them and the kind of kind of performances and the annual halloween love that this movie gets every year so it was really really fun to see these characters back together and see them wandering around this world that uh was you know worship them they were the they were the queens they they bowed down to in this world it was really cool the fun i love this and i had a great time with it it's i like rescue rangers more but this is definitely one of the best of the Disney plus originals
0: yeah it's one of those things where it's at the towards the top of the list but just because it really doesn't have much competition like cheaper by the dozen was garbage home sweet home alone was horrible and like i i think it started off very very strong when the when it started i was like oh this may just completely destroy the original in terms of quality. But for me, I don't want to spoil it too much, but I feel like the ending was a little and too anticlimactic for me, and that's where it kind of knocked it down. We're like, okay, this is definitely not as good as the original. And I feel like part of me felt like they wanted to make a Sanderson Sisters movie, but also this is a Disney Plus movie, and they're witches who eat children, so like in a world where this was a theatrically released movie maybe it could have been darker and i think just been called like instead of hocus pocus 2 just called like the sanderson sisters and basically Mm -hmm. a similar plot just focused more on them because i feel like when it focused on the kids was when it was at its weakest and i feel like the original movie was more about the three kids with the sanderson sisters in the backdrop and this movie felt like it wanted to focus on the sanderson sisters but was forced to have these three new kids as the leads
1: yeah i felt you there especially i I thought anytime they were focusing on the sanderson sisters and showing up together and showing them out doing their antics and performances i was having a great time and it was fun to see the actresses back owning that performance but anytime it was the kids i felt very uninvested and it just looked very bland and it was like very gray and dull looking and it didn't have that any of like the bright vividness that i w- that you would get yeah. out of like a 90s movie so when you see these movies where it's like oh we made one in the 90s now i'm making another one it's sort of just like cements home how different movies look now yeah. and they yeah. looked back then especially <laughs> when very, they very yeah. gray, very digital
0: especially when they cut back and have a flashback to a scene or a moment from the original but
1: but yeah i thought this was very front-loaded i thought the beginning was great, the flashback sequences, I'm not going to go into super detail, but they do have a good amount of flashbacks at the beginning that I thought were really interesting. and I love the performances there and I was th- really into this for the first half, but the plot unfortunately I think is where it falls apart. There's not really much plot, it's just yeah. kind of like, oh the Sanderson's are back and we've got to kind of like mm-hmm. stop them before the sun comes up, you know, it's there's not a lot of narrative there. <laughs> It's just kind of like humor moments happening, yeah. it's, it's sequences that are cool and fun moments, but not necessarily any plot there. So I think yeah. that was what held me held me back from really really loving this. But I thought it was great. It was really funny, very fun, to, and I, I had a great time with it. If you're thinking this is gonna be some terrible like monsters level kind of piece of garbage, it's not that level. This is this feels like it's gonna anyone who's a fan of the original is gonna have a great great time with this. It's not gonna be like insulting to your memory of the original movie no. or anything like that.
0: Yeah, I think, the, if, I, if I were to recommend this to anybody, it would be people... Like, if you're a fan of the original Hocus Pocus and you were afraid to check this out because you don't want it to taint the original, I don't think it taints the original. I don't think it's quite as good. Uh, but does it add anything to it? No, but I think it's definitely worthy of checking out. And even if yeah, you're... Yeah, very fun yeah, to see
1: the characters back.
0: Yeah, I think... I would say if you're a fan of the original, check this one out. It's kind of where I'm at. But I would say if you don't really care to see if you've never really seen the first one or you never really had much love for the first one i don't think there's much of a point to check out the first one so you better understand this one
1: yeah if you have no if you haven't even seen the first one you're probably not even going to understand Mm -hmm. a lot of what's happening it's kind of like characters going to show up and you're not going to Mm -hmm. understand who they are or like why we Mm -hmm. care about them so the one i mean i'd recommend watching the first one if you can If you haven't seen it I think it's worth checking out the first one It's not going to be like a 5 out of 5 But if it's a 90's kind of fun kids movie I would Mm -hmm. recommend checking out the first one
0: Yeah the one thing I will say That was definitely the most disappointing And this isn't really a spoiler But the fact that there was like no mention Reference, cameo, anything By like the original three leads Was the most surprising to me I thought for sure Especially because none of them are exactly like Big A-list stars right now that are hard to get was kind of the most i mean thora birch is still working but the other two i don't know if they even do anything anymore that disney plus couldn't throw them fifteen thousand dollars to have a small appearance in this movie
1: yeah it's definitely possible i know they filmed this during uh one of the harder covid lockdowns at the time i remember when they had filmed the salem performance uh, there's a performance a big performance in this movie i remember when they had filmed it and they had to do a lot to get through that that with a couple of restrictions so i wonder if that might have been a a reason they didn't necessarily expand the cast more than
0: they they did but yeah that's fair that, that could have contributed all right and i think that kind of wraps up our disney plus and moves us over to hbo max house of the dragon and uh not much to talk about for this episode for me i think it's still solid still quality if you're a fan of game of thrones and you haven't checked out house of the dragon definitely check out house of the dragon um so no we need to go like a full deep dive in this episode especially we still got the top 10 up coming in i still want to talk about apple tv really quick but the one thing i will say is the episode seemed very dark and that was not like thematically but just visually like someone took the filter and just slid the brightness down and uh, they're like, oh, Miguel Sapochnik, the director, was like, oh, that was a deliberate style choice. But this is the thing that's happened happened to Game of Thrones. Like in two or three episodes, people complained because they couldn't see anything. And uh, I guess they're just continuing this trend with House of the Dragon saying, well, we did this on purpose. So you're, and as somehow that's a defense. But for me, if the first 30 to 50% of the episode, people can barely see what's going on. I feel like you should change how you shoot your scenes
1: yeah I've definitely had that criticism it wasn't quite the level of like the long night from the end of Game of Thrones where it was like I could see nothing <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah I've been it during Hocus Pocus I feel like th- things have gotten very dark in general like it feels like TV and movies are all like becoming very grey very dull very like uh, not bright colors at all and Game of Thrones is suffering that <laughs> for sure but yeah I'm not, I don't have much to say about this episode I'm ready to move on, honestly, to another conversation. We can talk about more Game of Thrones or House of the Dragon when we get later into the season. I can't believe we're yeah. almost to the
0: end of the season at this point. All right. And I know you watched, uh, to keep up with your uh, horror movie for all of our main uh, m- streaming services, you watched Anibaba on uh, HBO Max as well.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't necessarily intend this, but I guess I had a theme of watching a bunch of Japanese horror films <laughs> this week, so maybe I'll try and theme them uh. next week too. For some other some other group. But yeah, uh, this was a, not as horror as I expected it to be because I'd always seen it on a lot of horror lists, but it was definitely scary and definitely intense and psychological. It's it set during some kind of like civil war in the history of Japan. I don't know my Japanese history all that much, but it's a, some kind of like civil war is going on in Japan right now. And it follows these women who are seducing soldiers, just bringing them out to the forest and then uh, either killing them or attacking them to steal all of their stuff. And it's it's an, kind of a psychological drama between these two women and then kind of a man that joins their trio and starts to kind of get into their heads psychologically and uh, they kind of get haunted by the guilt of what they've done. Uh, so I really enjoyed this movie a lot. It's set, it came out in 1964, so it's a lot older than the movies I've been talking about uh, in this episode so far, but uh, I definitely enjoyed this a lot. and. I think it's interesting because it's so... It's not necessarily a horror movie. It's more of like a really psychological, mental drama. But I think if you enjoy that premise and you want to see that played out, especially in in like the... With, with that kind of element of like the slight demonic haunting, there's like a little bit of a horror element to it. So if you want to see a horror edge to that, that premise I gave you, check this one out. But don't check it out if you want to get like really huge... Big scares or anything like that it's just actually a very compelling drama about these characters and the
0: moral conflict of what they're doing all right definitely uh, might check that one out and with that we move on to our last streaming service and that is, before we go to our top 10 upcoming in october and that's apple tv plus maybe the first time we're covering apple tv plus on this show because i haven't had much to talk about and uh i don't know if you watched the movie i watched the movie this weekend and that's uh, the greatest beer run ever and a uh, movie uh, starring Zac Efron, directed by Peter Farrelly. I believe one half of the Farrelly brothers, who gave us a lot of the classic 90s uh, comedies. He went on to direct Green Book, which won the Oscar for Best Picture somehow. Anyways, plot of the movie is, Zac, it's based on a true story. A late 60s, uh, Zac Efron, this kid from Manhattan, New York, who hasn't really done much with his life, is uh, seeing... Uh, a lot of his friends a lot of his guys from the neighborhood fighting in vietnam and he just he sees all these anti-war protests and he just doesn't feel like anyone's supporting the troops supporting his friends and he uh, is talking to the bartender at the local bar he hangs out with and the bartender played by the great legendary bill murray and uh he's basically like hey you know I i wish there was a way for me to support the troops and then he comes up with the idea of what if i go have a beer with all of all of the, the front and all of the kids from the neighborhood and so he uh finds his way onto a merchant ship and they just kind of cut to it's a four-month journey from the u.s to uh vietnam but he is sent they just kind of skip over that whole time and he takes a duffel bag full of pbrs across war-torn vietnam and kind of has a he kind of learns what it's really like over there, and he kind of starts off talking to the media. One of the main media people he's with the whole time is uh, played by Russell Crowe. A lot of uh, A-list big talent in this movie played by Russell Crowe, and he's like, why do you guys keep reporting all the negative stuff? Why can't you guys be positive? And Russell Crowe kind of teaches him what it's really like out there, and you kind of follow... Uh, uh, Zach Efron's character's name is Chickie Donahue, and you kind of follow Chickie Donahue as he goes through this journey of maybe... <laughs> this war ain't like all the other wars of the past that america has been fighting maybe it's not as a noble of a cause or as a easy cut and cut and dry black and white type of thing as he thought it would be
1: that was definitely one of my questions going into this because that premise is very intense and like uh not intense but like a very set up for some failure there so i was curious how they're gonna yeah. play the tone of like the vietnam war and are they gonna present this as like oh the media doesn't really understand like the positive side of how, of this war are they yeah. gonna it was... present the negatives too <laughs>
0: when the movie started i was like what's the politics of this movie like what because if yeah. they just ride the middle the whole time i'm like i don't think this movie's gonna land like i don't care what side they pick but at least pick a side so i know what the hell you're trying to show me even if i don't agree with it uh and then as the movie goes on you're like oh that's kind of taking people on on the same ride as chicky and you're kind of seeing the perspective and it's definitely presented as oh this he, he's a dumbass like that's kind of the perspective of this movie is this guy is stupid and what is the tone of the movie is it all comedy like slapstick the comedy the whole time no it's definitely i would i would describe it as a dark comedy like there's funny moments throughout but a lot of the moments is you're laughing at this dumbass for going to a war-torn vietnam in the middle of a war if if you're laughing you're laughing at him That that's what i would say there's no like there's no like isn't war funny it's more like you're laughing at this guy for doing something this stupid
1: and this director's previous movie, Green Book, was a
0: very divisive Oscar winner. Do you think this has any Oscar potential? I I don't. I don't think anyone gave like some great performance that's like gonna elevate it. But the Oscars are always weird. Where like some guy will get an Oscar nomination, you like for that movie. But if I if I had to predict, I'm gonna say this movie probably doesn't get any more than one or two nominations if any and i couldn't even tell you what those one or two nominations would be i just know apple tv won the oscar for best picture last year and but i will say i forgot to say one of the things i want to talk about on apple tv is they just launched the trailer for emancipation the movie starring will smith about a black man right after or no, I think it's during the Civil War. Or Yeah, it's during the Civil War. It follows Will Smith who was born a slave during the Civil War. And I think that's going to be Apple TV's big push. I think probably they released Greatest Beer Run Ever, tried to see what the reception of that was going to be, saw that this ain't going to win anything, and so then they pushed out Emancipation because they're like, we got, we're going to make a second run at this. So my guess would be Apple TV doesn't even put any kind of a campaign behind Greatest Beer Run Ever and pushes it all behind Emancipation.
1: Yeah, I'm curious. I'm definitely gonna check out Greatest bear Run Ever. You convinced me. I think your review is uh, positive enough that I'm gonna be throwing this on. I do pay for
0: Apple TV Plus, so I might as well use hmm. it. You know? Yeah, it's it's solid. Like I said, it's not. I don't think anyone's gonna have this in their top ten of the year, but I don't think anyone's gonna have it in their bottom ten either, unless they saw ten movies. But <laughs> all right, I think we're ready to move on to our big old
1: big old list here, Joe. You ready? Big
0: old list, and so with that, Tristan and I, we each came up with our own top ten of top. 10 things we're most anticipated for in streaming this year this could be a new movie a new show or maybe something that's older that's being put on streaming that we maybe haven't ever had time to see uh so we're like finally oh this is coming out on prime or this is coming out on hulu great i'm gonna be able to watch it now and uh so with that let me throw up our honorable mentions we'll do just a quick run through of those um so honorable mentions we got jennifer's body that's coming out this year i believe on both amazon prime and paramount plus i think it was an october 1st release for both of them so if you're a uh, if you want to see jennifer's body if you've heard about it it's one of those movies that i've always heard about never got around to watching and uh so yeah definitely... kind of got dunked on when it first came out so if you have some negative
1: negative uh, opinions on jennifer's body especially if you haven't seen it and you just hear that it was bad i think it's definitely one that is worth revisiting his head that kind of like a coat re cult revitalization a bit in the last couple of years
0: yeah definitely and then uh we also have big mouth season six uh it's an animated show on netflix if you if you're a fan of crude kind of dark out there humor uh you definitely check out big mouth and so if you've seen the first uh, five seasons of it just kind of to let people know hey season six is coming out on netflix this month and uh a couple I know, of seasons behind but I, yeah. I like the first couple of seasons yeah, it's uh, basically created by Nick Kroll, who people will know from The League, and a couple guest appearances on Parks and Rec, and he's a known comedian. And uh, Halloween Ends made our honorable mentions. It was on your top ten list, wasn't on mine. I loved, I, I really like the first Halloween, like the one that came, back, came out back in the early 80s, or 1980, I believe, and then I loved the one, the first kind of, the movie that was also called halloween that came out in like 2018 2019 halloween kills got bad reviews and i'm like i have no desire to see this and the trailer for halloween ends looks horrible so i also i don't have any (laughs) desire to see halloween ends but it's coming out on peacock this month and in theaters
1: yeah i really i enjoyed the rebooted halloween i didn't like halloween kills very much when i first watched it but i watched it again recently and i really I liked it a lot more than I thought that I remembered liking it. (laughs) It was very much like a straightforward slasher. Michael Myers killing tons and tons of people. But, yeah, the trailers for this new one look pretty bad. But I'm invested enough that I'm going to be watching it. And thankfully it's on Peacock, so I won't even have to go out to the theater to watch it. I could just sit here with my girlfriend and be comfortable and not have to go to the theater and risk a bunch of idiots, you know, coming to the theater and ruining a horror movie. that might already be bad to begin with, but I'll
0: be watching it. All right. No expectations, but I'll be watching it. And I think it comes out the 14th and also on your list, not on mine, because I've never seen an episode of this show. And that's American Horror Story NYC. I believe it's a new season coming out on, what, FX and also going to be on Hulu.
1: Oh, I'll tell you what, Joe, you got to watch at least one episode of this. Might not even be the first episode. I'll find the worst episode of the season and I'll make you watch that one with no Mm -hmm. context because that's one of those kind of shows where it's like I always get baited back in. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to watch the next season. The last one was terrible. I'm not watching the next season. And then I watched the trailer. Ryan Murphy pulls out some weird, crazy thing. You know, because if you don't follow the marketing for American Horror Story, they don't really reveal much of anything about the seasons until they essentially air. You know, like, the title. You get the title, maybe, and sometimes you don't even get the title. You just get another season of American Horror Story. airs today. You don't know who the cast is. You don't know what the premise is. It just kind of is starting, and you Mm got to watch it and see what happens. (laughs) And I kind of like the gimmick of that, even though half, at least half the time it doesn't turn out. <laughs> but this one is called American Horror Story New York City. It is set in and around New York. A lot of the returning characters, including uh, Billy Lord uh, of Star Wars fame, coming back to... Uh, she's one of the kind of darlings of this franchise now, so she'll be back. But unfortunately, not a lot of the big mainstays, like Evan Peters or Sarah Polson, so that kind of kept it out of being higher in my top ten list. Plus, the show is just... Not even close to where it used to be, but it's a pretty campy, ridiculous ride. If you want to see something crazy, every episode, you don't, you have no clue what's going to come. It could be, could be a totally different episode with totally different characters set in a totally different time with no explanation for why or how it connects <laughs> to the story at all.
0: <laughs> but I think you're doing you know, a no poor job at selling the show.
1: <laughs> you know, it's a pretty wild ride, that's all I'll say. And it's gotten wilder
0: with each season, so this one could be interesting. All right, and with that, our final honorable mention is The Real Love Boat, based on the I don't know if it was a sitcom, drama, either way, uh, back in the 70s, they are basically rebooting it. But instead of telling fake stories, they're turning it into a real dating show set on a cruise ship. Uh, You got your Love Islands, uh, Bachelor in Paradise, Love is Blind, all of these reality dating shows. And they said, hey, we kind of have a concept like that that was fake. Let's make it real called the real love boat it's going to be airing on cbs and paramount plus on october 5th it's going to be starting it's going to be in part of uh cbs's three hour uh reality tv block on wednesday with survivor the real love boat and then into the amazing race it's hosted by jerry o'connell and rebecca romaine so maybe it's good maybe it's trash but i love my trash reality dating shows so i'm definitely going to be checking out the first episode to see how i feel about the concept and with that We move to our top 10, and uh, our number 10 on the list, we have the Bond franchise coming to Amazon Prime. Can't remember the date. I wrote the date down, and then I forgot. The 5th of October. 5th of October is when it comes out. All 25 Bond movies coming to Amazon Prime. Well, the Eon production Bond movies, so some of those early ones that aren't technically part of the... Eon yeah, productions won't be included in that list but every other bond movie will be uh on amazon prime for you to check out not much to say on there you know what bond is you know yeah um, we did a binge recently leading up to no time to die so i'm a little bit bonded out but
1: now that they're all in one place i'm definitely going to be going back and watching some of the highlights you know you got to watch uh a, v to a kill you know the best bond movie out there shout out to johnny i know he's a big fan of yeah. a, v to a kill
0: all right, and then that takes us to our number nine, Teen Wolf. Uh, I believe that's the original Teen Wolf movie that was on your list, from, and it's going to be on Amazon Prime, and it dropped October 1st, so it's already on Amazon Prime. If you want to show your kids Teen Wolf, or maybe you haven't seen Teen Wolf in a long time, or maybe you watched the show on MTV, but you never went back and watched the original movie, now you can, uh, October 1st, Amazon Prime. But Tristan, it was on your list. What made you want to uh, put Teen Wolf in your top ten?
1: I have not seen Teen Wolf yet. It's one of those campy horror comedies I've wanted to check out in the vein of like a Gremlins 2 type of movie or even like American Werewolf in London that I talked about earlier. So I'm looking forward to seeing this. It looks like it'll be a lot of fun. I'm not expecting it to be necessarily a horror movie, but I could throw in a comedy with some horror fun in there. You know, it can't all be scary all the time. And I love Michael J. Fox. He's, he's incredible in Back to the Future. So I can't wait to see him in one of
0: his other iconic comedy roles so fun fact you brought up back to the future they actually shot teen wolf was shot before back to the future but released afterwards because they were all set to release teen wolf they weren't sure how to feel about it and it was the same studio and they started getting the dailies back to back to the future and they were really excited about back to the future they were like this could be a mega hit for us and we'd love to have a movie to release starring the star of back to the future right after to keep up with that momentum so they held off releasing teen wolf Released Back to the Future and then dropped Teen Wolf when people were super high on Michael J. Fox. So there's your Teen Wolf fact of the day.
1: I like it. I guess it's got a double feature. You know,
0: Back to the Future right into Teen Wolf. Yep. All right, and then we have our number eight. Is Teen Wolf two worth watching? J- I've never watched it. It doesn't even have Michael J. Fox. It's Jason Bateman <laughs> as the same oh, guy. Oh, jeez. Never mind then. Maybe not. All right. And uh so number, uh, do you hate Jason Bateman?
1: I love Jason Bateman, but I don't know about Michael J. Fox. You know, what's the what's the connection there? Yeah.
0: True, true. And uh so that takes us to my number, well our number 8 and that is uh The Trap 13, how we survived the Thai cave. It's going to be releasing on Netflix on October 7th and that's a documentary uh about the kids who survived in the the soccer team who survived in the Thailand cave for uh, a number of days and kind of their story there i watched the uh, movie directed by ron howard that i believe was on amazon prime that was more of the story of the rescuers and while i was watching that i'd been like i would have loved if this was like a double feature you know kind of how they did flags of our fathers and letters from iwo jima one story from the side of the rescuers and one story from the side of kids in the cave so i'm definitely intrigued to see what the uh kids in the cave story was and like i said that's on uh, netflix on october 7th
1: we had a couple of documentaries about that, so I'm curious to see how this one stacks up to the, yeah, 13 lives and then also the, uh, the rest of you that came out last
0: year. Yeah. And so with that, we go to number seven, and that's VHS 99, Coming to Shudder, a franchise you may have learned about for the first time today, and that's coming October 20th. I'll <laughs> let you talk about this because I didn't even know it existed until I saw it on your list. Yeah, there are a handful of VHS films. Uh, the first
1: one is was pretty viral. Uh, the other ones have had their following but I think the first one is definitely the most uh, iconic yeah, uh, people like Ty West who kind of popped up in the first movie then go on to do like X and movies like that uh, after that but the gimmick of it is, is that they people will find these collections of VHS's and they're an anthology movies so each of these movies is a, a, an anthology of various different horror short films from a couple of different breaking horror directors at the time and they're all kind of themed around either a year or a setting or something like that. And this is VHS 99, so all of the all of the movies they find are going to be like 90s, late 90s, early 2000s style, uh, early 2000s style movies. I'm really looking forward to seeing this. It's been premiering at festivals and getting really, really strong reviews. Uh, people are saying it's like a return to form for the VHS franchise, you know? So I'm, I'm down to check this one out. And... Uh, they always say that uh, an anthology film is as good as its worst entry, you know? So I'm curious to see how this one stacks up. And there's, there's always some better and some worse in an anthology movie. So I'm excited to see which ones stand out and then to follow the careers of some of those directors. You know, Adam Wingard was in the first VHS, he kind of broke out through that. Uh, so you never know who can be the, the next big horror director that made their start in one of the VHS movies. All right.
0: With that, we go to number six, and that is The Mole, coming to Netflix on October 7th. It's a revival of the one of the greatest reality TV series of all time. It's a competition series. If you don't know what The Mole is, essentially it's a group of people all competing together to complete challenges. And what they know is that one of the people in their group on the show is a production plant actively working to stop them from completing the challenges. Because the more challenges they complete, the more money they win. And each week at the end end of each episode, they all take a quiz. And it's asking them questions about the mole. It's like, was the mole in group A or group B? Was the mole doing this or doing that? And is the mole over 50 or under 50? Questions like that. And uh, whoever gets the most questions wrong is eliminated. So essentially, during the day, you're doing two challenges. You're competing in the challenges. You're trying to compete. But you're also looking around you to see who's tanking these challenges or who's just bad at these challenges. And, uh, it's a very fun show. Cause at the end of the season, when they reveal who the mole is, they reveal where all the clues were. Cause throughout the whole show, there's clues to who's the mole. Like it'll be like, there'll be something on a taxi cab where they took a taxi cab to a challenge. And the taxi cab was number six thirteen, and the mole's birthday was June 13th and things like that. Or it'll be like the two teams were, uh, or three teams where there's a red team a white team and a blue team and the moles like family moved here from france or something like that which has the red white and blue striped flag and so it's just kind of a fun reality competition show it used to be hosted by anderson cooper back in the day i'm not sure who's hosting it now but i it's not anderson cooper i can't remember who the host is but i'm very intrigued to rewatched that and the mole was one of my favorite shows growing up so i'm definitely happy they revive it and i hope it's uh as good as i think it can be especially uh on a platform like netflix that does the dating reality show as well but i'm hoping it can cross over and do the kind of com- reality competition show as well that one's all you joe you, i'm not a necessarily the reality show guy so you have to tell me how that one goes all right right, will do and with that we move to our top five and we will kick it off with the northman a movie that came out earlier this year it's now going to be on prime drops uh october 11th definitely excited to see this movie i wanted to see it when it first came out i just didn't get around to it tristan i believe you've seen the northman um yeah i've seen the northman it was great uh, definitely uh visually
1: intense and really really great sound design and all that stuff. It was a great one to see in the theater, and I'm glad it's going to be on Prime because Amazon does do a really good job with their uh, video quality, especially recently. They've been improving it a lot, so you're going to get uh, get your money's worth out of this. And if you don't know the plot of The Northman, uh, it stars uh, Nicole Kidman and Alexander Skarsgård and Anya Taylor-Joy. Alexander Skarsgård is the Northman. He plays this, uh, this Viking who is on a revenge quest after... Uh, some members of his family are brutally attacked and killed. He kind of centers his life around this quest for revenge, and he wants to you know, seek his revenge and then die on the battlefield of Val- and be you know, brought to Valhalla in his Viking honor. So he wants to go down like a Viking man should, and this follows his epic journey as he's uh, now an adult and closing in on his revenge, finally, after all these years. And Anya Taylor-Joy is sort of this witchy presence in his life that is there by his side right as the time to coming and kind of teasing and kind of like teasing what his life could be you know he has that conflict of do I want to be with Anya Taylor-Joy and give up this revenge or do I want to continue on my vengeful path is there a way to have both of these dreams that I want and that's the conflict of the Northman. it's a really really compelling really really well shot movie a couple of really crazy Robert Eggers moments you know if you've seen the lighthouse you know we can get a bit weird there's some lighthouse in here, but it's a much more streamlined, much more straightforward than even The Witch. So I think if you've been kind of on the edge of Robert Eggers thinking he's a bit too weird for you, this is a much more of a streamlined narrative while still being really, really compelling and really elevating his craft a lot. So I recommend Northman for sure. Definitely one of the best movies of the year so far.
0: And sadly, underperformed a bit at the box office. Hopefully, it does well on streaming here. Alright, and that brings us to number four. This made your list. I've never seen a single movie in this franchise, and that is Hellraiser coming to Hulu uh, Tuesday, October 4th. It's coming out basically probably if you're not watching this live, you can turn Hulu on right after you see us and go watch
1: it. Yeah, I had this very uh, high on my list. (laughs) Uh, Mostly because I love the first Hellraiser, and it's such a brutal, really intense movie. There's so much gore and so much darkness and really great dialogue and it's very very one of those like you know you shouldn't be watching this kind of midnight movies that you watch and you cringe at the screen you can't believe the body horror you're seeing type of movie and we don't get a lot of that the recently especially in horror it feels like we've gotten very serious and very kind of melancholy or meditating on grief or meditating on you know death it's all about the slow burn and i'm hoping that this hellraiser can join the chorus of these huge, ambitious, big movies like Malignant, like Barbarian, uh, even like Smile in a way where they're kind of throwing it back to the basics and making it kind of fun and making it kind of big. And Hellraiser has a known history for being over the top, and I'm hoping that this can give me some over-the-top crazy fun and and continue bringing the fun back to horror. in a genre that has started to slowly but surely lose its fun as everybody tries to be the next, you know, hereditary and not the next Malignant
0: all right uh you definitely let me know how that goes i m- probably won't watch it just because <laughs> i i don't have love i don't have care i don't have an affection for the hellraiser franchise but what i do have love care and affection for is mike flanagan's work on netflix and that takes us to the midnight club coming to netflix on october 7th october 7th is going to be a busy day if you uh love uh, a lot of the streaming content seems like everything's dropping then and uh so created by mike flanagan who did midnight mass haunting a blind manor haunting a hill house he directed movies like hush uh, movies like gerald's game doctor sleep i really liked a lot yeah he directed doctor sleep which is really good and essentially i don't remember what this is based on but i feel like it's based on something and essentially the plot is these kids in this old kind of mansion Going down to the basement at midnight to uh, tell scary stories. So, like the VHS franchise, I believe this is going to be somewhat of an anthology, bookended by these these group of kids in this mansion telling stories. Uh, I'm very excited to watch it. Uh, Mike Flanagan is my favorite horror creator right now, so uh, I feel like he's going to knock this out of the park.
1: Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this uh, just because of his pedigree. We mentioned so much of the great stuff he's done, and I think he's really really peaked on specifically on netflix doing miniseries you know those both of those hunting shows were so so good especially hunting a hill house and i thought midnight mass was great and that was like his passion project you know he wanted to get that done forever that was his his baby you know and like his that's kind of the reason
0: his so in the book hush the that came out like 10 years ago the main character was an author and the book she got famous of uh, was called midnight mass like that's how long he's been working on this that he was throwing easter eggs for this pro- that project throughout his work so yeah uh that's what made me love those so much as you can see the passion from
1: him in there and the only thing i'm hesitant about this is that i don't necessarily see the same level of passion from him around this it doesn't necessarily seem like it's like a, a dream job for him. You know, he directed the first two episodes, but he didn't, you know, r- run the whole series and write and produce and direct every episode, you know? So I'm curious to see if the quality dips a bit because he's not so hands on and so directly involved in this, because he also has uh, a Nightcare Allan Poe adaptation, House of Usher coming out, I believe next year. So he might be a little bit split in between these two shows, but yeah, if, I mean, if his pedigree can hold up, this is going to be, great if i have no uh when you just look at his lineup of movies and shows there's no reason to necessarily doubt so if he can keep up that run this is going to be a really really good one and it has more of like a ya feel that i'm used to seeing yeah. from him so it'll be curious to see how that tone changes
0: yeah definitely and uh i believe that that sticking in the horror genre genre it is october that's what a lot of these releases are going to be uh we have werewolf by night dropping on disney plus october 7th it's uh I guess it's going to be a Disney Plus original movie on It's not a show, so this could easily jump up there as the best. It's directed by Michael Giacchino. This is going to be his first big project he's directed. He's known, I mean, he's a composer. He composed basically, if you were to do the top 10 best scores that have come out in the 2010s, he probably is going to have seven on the list. Uh, his, exactly. he's just He's just crushed it as a composer for a long time he's moving over into directing and there's rumors thoughts theories that if this comes out and is very well received with the blade director dropping out michael giacchino stepping in and is going to be the new director of blade whether that's true or not i don't know i feel like they're probably going to want a little bit more of a seasoned director but then again they turned over this project to him so uh who knows it's uh based on a marvel comic gonna be part of the mcu if it looks very different and very out there compared to Pretty much anything BMC Who has put out. So I'm curious to see if a lot of the stuff that we see in that trailer is a representation for the movie as a whole. That's what I'm most curious about because that trailer was so cool and so
1: engaging. And I want to believe that it actually represents the contents of the special, you know, and it wasn't just a really good trailer for a movie that doesn't necessarily match the trailer. You know, mm-hmm. I, don't want, I don't want like a Suicide Squad situation going on, you know. And mm-hmm. I mean, I'm really excited for this. I can't wait to see what this director brings to the table, and sure he's not a seasoned film director, but I think the fact that he's worked in the film so directly with the as a composer, it's going to be an interesting eye to see what he brings to the table here, the director, and werewolf by night such a minor comic book character. Like he has comic book runs, but there's nobody out there who's like, oh, werewolf by night's my favorite character. Here's all the best storylines from werewolf by night. You know, he's one of those kind of cheesy, old, old. Uh, age marvel comics so i'm curious to see where they go with that with such a clear uh clean palette to play around with but yeah if this can have that cheesy fun b horror movie that it seems to be having from the trailers that i've been hearing from people is that it's, it's going to have that feel it's going to feel very much like the trailer did feel like a hammer horror movie feel you know like a universal horror film so i think if you have some nostalgia for all of that fun stuff this is a perfect month to to watch this i can't wait to watch it
0: Yeah, I'm definitely excited, and so that brings us to our number one, and if you've been following streaming, if you've been looking at what's upcoming, if you know what's upcoming, and you know my taste, and you know a little bit of Tristan's taste, you can probably gauge what's our number one, and it continues uh, with what was our number one for September, because it's another Star Wars project, and it is Star Wars Tales of the Jedi as our number one. Honestly, I'm surprised as anybody. I thought thought Midnight Club or Werewolf by night was going to land in the number one spot, but Tristan rated it higher than I thought he would, and so here we are star wars tales of the jedi uh definitely looks like it's the animation quality animation style of season seven of the clone wars and if you don't know what star wars tales of the jedi is it's six animated shorts that i think run between 15 and 20 minutes apiece. and three of the shorts follow ahsoka across her journey as a jedi and three of them follow jedi master count dooku across his journey of being a jedi at different points in their life uh, the first one, I believe, was rev- was shown... The first episode, which features Ahsoka, was shown at, I believe, uh, Star Wars Celebration. And it was kind of a lighter, fun episode. And Dave Filoni said that is by far the lightest episode. A lot of the episodes are very, very <laughs> dark. So I'm curious to see how that pans out. I have very high hopes for Tales of the Jedi, and I hope it's something that they continue in the future, covering more Jedi. Yeah, the reason I have this so high for me is that
1: I... This is what I want to get more of out of Star Wars. I don't necessarily need them to keep expanding the Mandalorian universe like they're doing that. That I am opposed to it necessarily, but I think this is more interesting and more like into what I want out of Star Wars. Just these little one-off or three-off or two-off stories with characters out in the Star Wars universe, out in the timeline somewhere. Maybe it fills in a pothole. hole. Maybe it doesn't. You know, maybe it's a character, you know, maybe it's not. And I know they're starting off with characters, you know, with, with this series here. But I think if this does well. I really hope they can expand beyond the known roster of Jedi, or at least give us some kind of focus on Jedi we haven't seen a lot of stories with, t- things like that. I ho- I love the idea of just jumping around Star Wars universe and telling stories here and there. They're almost like reading a comic book and almost like watching the Clone Wars TV show, you know, because they were, they were like, oh, here we're in this timeline, now we're in this timeline, now we're in this timeline. And I kind of enjoyed that about the Clone Wars show, so I'm hoping this can give us some, some fun Star Wars adventures that aren't about you know, Luke Skywalker showing up or expanding the story about this or that. Just fun Star Wars stories.
0: You know, that's what I'm looking for. All right, so season one covers Ahsoka and Dooku. We got three episodes. If you could pick, like you were talking, you want more obscure Jedi. I have my pick. You probably won't like my pick, but if you could pick one Jedi to appear in season two to have a couple of, either one episode, two episodes, three episodes, whatever focused on them. Is there a Jedi you would pick? Look, you know, what? we got to really get, a story with is the the Jedi Master
1: whose his story has been unexplored so much, and that is Yaddle. You know, I need a, yeah. I need a Yaddle story here. You know, Well give me I, a Yaddle adventure. Fill in that gap. Do you want? Know, it's important.
0: It's important to me. Do you want minor spoilers? <laughs> give me a minor spoiler. Yaddle appears in one of the episodes. Oh God! <laughs> give us a Yaddle spinoff. I need an entire so, Yaddle series. So my pick is similar to you, and I would love if these were the two they picked for season two. My pick is Yoda. I know we have a lot of Yoda, but we have a lot of Yoda yeah, yeah. And, and a very specific point in his life the last 60 years. I would love three episodes that are 200-plus years before even The Phantom Menace. Just a character we know, but in timelines and situations we've never seen him in Clone Wars moment. There was the whole thing of reference that he's toyed with the dark side before. I'd love to see an episode about that. I'd love to see an episode with actual baby Yoda. That could be fun. <laughs> I wouldn't and, be surprised if Yoda shows up in the accolade. He's
1: going to be yeah. around, I think.
0: Yeah, and an episode um, that maybe focuses on uh, him training a young Kanduku and maybe he sees something in him that he's like, I don't know if I should be training this guy. This guy could go dark, but uh, Yoda would be my pick. And I'd be down, especially after that, if we got more Obscure Jedi. I really don't need three episodes that focus on Luke. I don't need three episodes that focus on Obi-Wan. So so that that would be Yeah, I,
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to this, and I think i 'm mostly curious than excited you know because this is gonna it's gonna really be a telling of what the show actually is once you watch it you know and what when we get an idea of what the feature of the show is but yeah I'm looking forward to this a lot it's gonna be it makes sense to set number one because we're both Star Wars nerds and yeah I knew it would be I knew it would be high on your list but I saw it was that high I was like oh it's gonna it's gonna be a good good one
0: yeah I'm excited for it I'm intrigued by it and uh, I can't wait for it to come out and it comes out October 26th on Disney plus Plus. I believe that brings us to the tail end of our show. We're kind of changing up the ending. We're changing up how we do things. Um, if you've seen, if you've been watching our show, we usually wrap with uh, the MVP and winner of the week. We're scrapping the idea of winner of the week because we never know, like, what are we supposed to do with this information. So what we're doing, what we're going to be doing now, is uh, th- like throughout each week of the month, Tristan and I will talk after the show and figure out what services we liked, what services you know we're kind of weak that month and then at the end of the week we're gonna do kind of like a or end of the month sorry we're gonna do kind of like a drop and add like hey these are gold silver and bronze streaming services like so maybe if you don't have paramount plus you're talking a lot about it but then at the end of the month you're like oh they gave paramount plus silver this week or silver this month you're like maybe i should actually check that out and see what kind of content they have on there or maybe you're like I don't really have a lot of who i don't really watch a lot on hulu but i have it and then you see at the end of the month we're not even ranking it in our top three maybe that's the push for you to drop hulu and maybe try out another streaming service or use your money for something else but we think that's probably the best route going forward especially because the idea of this show is recommending shows that people should watch, or telling people to maybe avoid certain shows or movies because they're not worth their time. So we think that's kind of the path. However, we are going to keep doing the MVP at the end of every week. I have my choice for MVP. I think I know Tristan's choice because uh, we tried to keep it secret. We used to reveal them to each other before the show, but I thought it was more exciting and more interesting conversation if we didn't know who it was going into the episode. But Tristan, at this point in time, why don't you reveal your pick for MVP? And, uh, we yeah, uh, see. for my MVP, How I did a little bit of a cheat
1: here, you know, because you think MVP, most valuable, you know, person, but I'm going with a, a triple play here, you know. I think it's the week of Hocus Pocus 2, so my MVP of the week here for streaming is going to be Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy Najimy reuniting on screen against all odds to, to be the trio, the Sanderson sisters back together again. And they're so dedicated to the performances; they had so much fun. And that movie does not work in any possible reality way, if any one of them is like not giving a hundred percent, or uh, imagine one of them doesn't want to come back. Like that kills this entire movie. So the fact that all three of them said yes, and all three of them really gave it; they're all and had fun with it. I think that made that movie what it is. So they're my MVPs this
0: week. Right, my pick for MVP this week. Uh, we'll see if who goes. If anyone can sway anyone else. we have to have one for the show is uh kevin Lau, the writer of the most recent episode of house of the dragon i thought this was in my opinion the best episode yet regardless of the fact that i can see the first 15-20 minutes of it i thought the writing was on point i was on the edge of my seat the whole time a lot of great twists and turns uh, a lot of great moments it's hard because i don't want to spoil anything for anyone who maybe hasn't caught the episode yet but for me... Yeah, there is a big in- reveal
1: at the end, you know? So it's like that kind of is a, a, a nice writing moment to, to get to. And he does deliver some good twists and some big turns. And this is a strong, written, strongly written episode of House of the Dragon. But my argument against him is that this is the week of Hocus Pocus too. They're, this is their only shot to get that MVP shot. This guy's going to write some better House of the Dragon episodes. And there's some big stuff coming. There's some big reveals coming. And I'm curious to see how the stuff that he wrote this week plays out but we know how Spelgus 2 plays out you know and we know that these these performances carried that that movie so sure the writing was great this week but performances have been so good the direction has been so good that the writing doesn't necessarily need to
0: always be great the the performances had to be great in how 2 there's no other way for it to work all right so before we keep talking I'm gonna say this uh we decided on for our MVP, that it was going to be one single entity. It was going to be one person. And I was messaging Tristan. I was having trouble figuring out who I was going to give my MVP pick to. And I knew... I hadn't watched House of the Dragon yet, so I was thinking my MVP pick might come from House of the Dragon. Because my problem was I wanted to give my MVP vote to the Sanderson sisters. And I was like, how do I narrow it down to just one? And with Tristan's talking, everything. He convinced me it didn't take much convincing because it was... I was basically giving my MVP vote to Kevin Lau just because I needed, I wanted to give it to one singular entity. So if we give, if they, we make our MVP for this week, the Sanderson Sisters, I think that is the MVP pick for this week in streaming, is to give it to the yeah. Sanderson Sisters oh, from Hocus Pocus 2
1: i like that too because it includes also uh, taylor henderson juju brenner and, and anita kitchen who were played the younger versions of the characters and they did yeah. a great great job embodying those characters especially taylor henderson who played the younger version of Bette miller's character oh, it
0: crushed it! she was
1: really really funny and really had that charm down and the antics down and the aneurysms down she was
0: great if they announce tomorrow that um they are releasing a they're making a prequel to Uh, hocus pocus and it's starring those girls like back in the salem and the whole movie's just going to be in the salem times and it's going to be kind of their origin story to become the sanderson sisters whatever month that comes out it's going to be my number one like that was in the heartbeat that was far and away the best moment of the movie that i like i love bet midler caffeine and jamie sarah jessica parker as the sanderson sisters but that was by far and away the best moment of the movie what's that opening
1: yeah i would watch an entire show about those three women and yeah. their coming of age as witches in Salem. You yeah. know, it was great great opening sequence. Yeah. So Ish- yeah, I'm down to make it the Sanderson sisters a whole a unit, you know? It makes yeah. sense. It's a single unit.
0: Yeah. A unit of 3. So our MVP for this week in streaming is going to the Sanderson sisters. And with that wraps up our show. Uh, we will be back next week. If you got a show, movie, streaming service, anything you want us to check out, talk about, Talk to the hand and tweet at Movie change up or uh, tweet at us, message us uh, directly, and we will uh, get back to you and tell you uh, that we will be checking it out. And unless your uh, thing you want us to check out looks horrible, then I will tell you, uh, I will tell Tristan to I'll watch, watch it. it. Exactly, I'll yeah. let Tristan watch it. <laughs> and so with that, without further ado, goodbye.